Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Hello, old-time crime gals. It's Melissa here. And Shannon. We are back. We're going to continue this week talking about um, Harold Henthorne, which we have part one last week. So if you haven't listened to that, don't go any further. Go back and catch up because you've missed the first half. And now we're going to talk about the second half. So Harold Henthorne had a wife named Tony, and they were going to um, celebrate their 12th wedding anniversary in September and he took her for a vacation to go hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park and she had a fall a bad fall which we know she was pushed off a cliff and investigators were starting to figure out what was going on and that's when they started getting these letters about his first wife so tonight we're going to talk about how the investigation led them to Lynn's story. And I'm going to let Shannon tell this one. All right. So thank you again for joining us. And tonight we're going to talk about the second part. So once officers had first talked with Harold and they had asked about that map, remember the map we talked about last week that they had discovered, um, he decided he was going to lawyer up and he got a criminal um, lawyer involved so they could not talk to him directly anymore. Because, you know, once you pay for a lawyer, you got to go through the lawyer. So to find out more information about Harold, they had to ask around to friends and family. So Tony's family believed he had something to do with it, with her death. But they had to maintain contact and not give that away so they could provide some insight into the investigation. Um, And it was a way to stay close to Harold for the benefit of the daughter, Haley, so that was that was one big reason is yeah they wanted to make sure Haley was um safe, safe and kept in contact and because it would be easy for him to isolate her yes um, for, if the family had given away any suspicion and he could have distanced her and she was young and he could have conditioned her and groomed her to not like the, that side of the family right. it would have been a big huge um, unnecessary negative association with that that's out of the family especially since you know the, you recall a funeral from last week he had no pictures of the family yeah none so he had no intentions really to you know but he was he probably played the game with them just so that he wouldn't be investigated any further right um and then so who knows a household better than a nanny and they found out, out a great deal of information from the nanny she let investigators know that the couple um they were no longer staying in the same room. So him and Tony, right? Right. Uh, they had separate areas that they stayed in at night. Harold actually worked in an office in their basement, but on occasion he would take business trips. Trips he would leave for, um, he'd leave without any luggage and just randomly show back up the next day. So he was like gone for the night. Right. So the nannies assumed, which we know we, we don't assume, but they, they gave off the, impression that he was probably having an affair mm-hmm. and that's what your first thought would be harold had claimed to be a wealthy business owner and stated he had over 90 employees and buildings around the country the bertolettes bertolets bertolets <laughs> excuse me sorry bertolets couldn't figure out why tony needed money 
her parents were paying for the house and for Haley's tuition. They couldn't find any online presence of the business, nor was his business registered within the state of Colorado. He was also not credited as a certified fundraiser, as we had mentioned last week. Yeah, because there's actually an agency that you can you are, can get certified with a number as a certified fundraiser. Um, so it was becoming very clear that something is wrong and that he was a fraud and his whole persona that he had built up was a lie. Mm-hmm. Which I would ask questions too, because first of all, you find out he raises money, has all these employees, and then the wife is also an eye doctor, right? Correct? She's a surgeon. So why would they be needing money? Yeah, yeah, I'd have to question that as well. So around this time is when letters that we'd mentioned previously started showing up. He was married before Tony. It's tragic when you lose a spouse to an accident, um, but when you've lost two, it's a little suspicious. So they begin to dig into the story of Lynn Henthorne. In total, 17 anonymous letters were sent to the coroner who did Tony's autopsy. Um, An ABC News journalist, the FBI, the National Park Service, the police, and basically any agency that had any weight on this story. That's 17 different people who sent letters in saying something isn't right. Yes. I mean, even when you have one or two, that's like, eh. 17 letters. So my question, when I watched, because I watched this, um, also we mentioned last week it was... Yes, this is Wild Crime on Hulu. If yes. You know um, it out. Was, did the parents, like, not question his background if he had been married before? Because I didn't see where they knew about that. Well, it says it some of his friends or co-workers, he had, he had mentioned that he was married before and that his wife had died in a car accident. And... When you hear okay. that, sometimes you don't. I mean, you don't ask yeah. like, "How did it? Where did it happen? How yeah. did it happen?" You just kind of like, "Oh, yeah, sorry." You know. So this was previous to him marrying Tony, that right? Did, okay, because right. I missed that somehow when I was watching. It. But I think I had the timeline on how uh, fast him and Tony's relationship had had went um, down here later. Okay. So Lynn Henthorn was a beautiful Christian woman, much like Tony. She was actually pronounced dead from an accident involving a motor vehicle in 1995. A lot of people in Harold's life were unaware of this first wife, which we didn't have the internet. 95. Yeah. Can't, can't just, Google yeah, nobody. The Google wasn't happening. Um, I was barely learning how to control a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now they got touch screens. But he did tell select friends that she had died in a car accident. Um, it is something that happens often. The event itself isn't often questionable and people don't want to pry and bring up old grief. So they often don't ask or follow up with questions. Um, He did mention it to some of Tony's co-workers that she had died of cancer. There were a few stories he used over the years. So looking back, they really weren't sure how she had died. Lynn, the first wife, also died in a remote location during what seemed to be a freak accident. Harold was not hurt in either one, but the spouse was killed. So that is kind of very weird circumstances. Yes. Harold and Lynn got married in 1984. What her friends had to say about Lynn was that Harold seemed very controlling of her. Lynn met him at a wedding. He had an over-the-top personality, always smiling, laughing, had lots of energy, which they I said don't. it was like <laughs> they said it was like you knew how great he was because he told you how great he was. He had the um 
the personality of what like a used car yeah, salesman. I was gonna say, like, like yeah, just really like. over the top and, and, and energetic and all about and, in your face kind of yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Um, one of those people that it's hard to get away from. Yeah, and yeah. Um, her her th- excuse me. Her friends thought it was odd that as the wedding planning came about, Harold um, controlled most of it. So this most of the time they want nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he actually had a separate binder for each thing. So for um, flowers, the catering, the music. Lynn's job was to fill the binders with information so they could narrow it down to what they wanted in each category. Yeah, that is kind of strange because most of the time men don't. So, I mean, he packed, her suit, he packed the first wife's yeah. suitcase for their trip. And now he's planning Very a wedding. Control it. Yes. Um, sometimes what I do want, I would like to be helped like that but not controlled yeah give some so. opinion but don't right do you like there's a binder do yeah. homework we're yes. gonna do this one right here yes it is kind of weird yeah. um which a woman might not think that at the time and just feel like oh he really cares who knows but um so her job was to fill the binder and they would narrow it down i bet he probably picked whatever exactly like he <laughs> they were married in maryland um that was where lynn was from and then almost immediately after the wedding, they relocated to the request, um, at the request of Harold to Colorado. No. Sounds familiar. Over time, it seemed like Harold was taking over the relationship. Her friend called her one day and wanted to chat. Lynn requested that she call back when Harold was home. The friend was a little confused and just asked why they couldn't talk at that point in time mm-hmm. when she called. Lynn explained that as a couple, whenever they talked to family, they both wanted to be on the line. Oh, red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> yes, no. Uh-uh. And it is not. When in... is she supposed to talk about the husband if he's <laughs> on there? I mean, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it wasn't in this episode, but and it was in a podcast I listened to too. There was an incident with her where she had bent down to get some firewood or something and a beam had fell from over top of the deck and like hit her on the back of the head. Wait, was it this wife or, or No, no, Tony? I think it was, or, okay, hold on, now I'm getting confused. I'm not sure. I don't want to give any misinformation. Yes, now. I'm not sure. So we'll check that. Maybe that may be part three recap or we'll come back yeah. after the break and let you know. And the only reason I'm even questioning it, because normally I don't have the brain that remembers anything, <laughs> but I really think it might've been the, the first wife. So we'll, we'll verify that. Um, but no, yes. it could have been because don't they dig into it deeper with the finances and how things weren't working and all that stuff? Yeah, it was like that he tried to hurt her f- with that incident. We, we anyway, we know we'll, we'll he's follow got up. some issues. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out a break. <laughs> Melissa will be on that. Thank you, Melissa. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, she couldn't talk to any of her friends. Um, so then we go down to Lori Thomas was the coroner in Douglas County. So someone banged on her door on a Sunday in 2012. It was a church member that went to the same church as Tony. He wanted to tell her about Tony's strange death at Rocky Mountain National Park. Rocky Mountain National Park. She told him that she couldn't do anything about that because it was not in her area. He mentioned that the man had a first wife that died under suspicious circumstances, and she was from there. Then the gentleman told the story about Lynn. So everybody in the church was starting to gossip about yeah. how he's first wife. Did you hear about Lyman Jones' first wife? Yeah. And so this guy actually went out and sought out the coroner and was like, hey, we need to check this out. Yes. 
So Lori got a little curious. So she went and got a copy of the case um, because it was closed and she decided to take a closer look for herself. She got the highlighters out and looked at it. Once she was done, she agreed that something didn't look right and it was not an accident. So this is Lynn. Um, the story goes on uh, May the 6th, 1995. Harold is driving and claiming that the right front tire doesn't feel right. Kind of spongy. His word was spongy in his statement. It was spongy. He pulled over and decided to check it out. He goes to change the tire. And at the time, he was driving a Jeep. He gets the jack out that comes with the vehicle. He puts it under the wheel well and begins to crank it only to find that it's broken. Then he remembers that he had two boat jacks in the back of the car. Disclaimer, do not use boat <laughs> jacks to jack up a car. It is not safe. But he uses the boat jack to pump up the, um, to jack the car up to change the tire, supposedly. Harold claims that as he was taking the lug nuts off, he was handing them to Lynn, who had a cloth in her hand. The tire was then pulled off. He walked around to the back of the Jeep to put the tire away before adding the new tire. He tossed the tire into the back, and when he did, the Jeep became dislodged from the jack, and the vehicle crashed down. Lynn screamed, and he found that she was laying under the brake rotor with the car on her back. He said that she must have dropped a lug nut under the vehicle and bent down to grab one that had rolled underneath at the same time that he threw the tire in. And then it caused, when he threw that tire in, it caused the car to fall on her. So, I don't know how they would say that was an accident to begin with. I know, I don't either. I mean, and she's going to drop it. I just, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to picture it. Lugnuts don't roll. They're not round. Usually they're, yeah. they're you know. Yeah, but even way. then, you're gonna, especially if it's dark. Why are you not gonna wait for a flashlight or something to look up? Well, the know, time it would, I think he had to walk twelve feet. So the time it would take him to walk from the front of the car to the back, it would take her more time to get down on the ground and wedge herself underneath of the car and reach yeah. out to grab this lug nut that she had dropped. So, um, yeah. So then. Melissa stated in here, you know, through if you've ever changed a tire and jack it up, you don't really have a lot of room to lay underneath. It really isn't a lot of room to lay underneath. I mean, the, tire. the goal yeah. is just to lift it up off to the ground enough to pull the tire off. That's right. Not enough that you're going to climb un underneath of it. That's right. Um, so there's no need to lift the car any further. And right after this happens, there were several eyewitnesses to what happened. Like the aftermath. Yes. A couple saw Lynn laying underneath and rushed over to help. But Harold was yelling at them, get away. I don't need your help. Don't, yeah, don't, don't touch help her. her. Yeah, don't, don't touch her. her. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was eerie because, I mean, how do you do that? Um, the witnesses were reached out to again to see if there was anything they remembered about that night. Douglas County reopened the case in 2013, um, and so they were looking for anything. Dwight was a person who was driving by that night, and he stopped to see if they needed any assistance. Harold was outside the car, and Lynn was still inside. He remembered that Lynn looked scared, and Harold kept telling him to leave that he didn't need any help. 
Like, I think the guy offered to, like, park with his headlights. Like, do you need me to give you light? Do you need And he was just, like, trying to rush him out of there. Like, I don't need your help. I got it. And who wouldn't want that? Especially back then when there probably wasn't. I mean, you didn't have lights. And if you didn't have a flashlight. Who wouldn't want that? Um, Then there was another witness. It was a good Samaritan by the name of Patricia Montoya. And it was about 10 p.m. that night when she was coming around a curb and she saw Harold standing outside his car waving a flare. So they stopped to help and what Patricia saw still haunts her to this day. Harold told them he had a flat tire and his wife got stuck under the car. They jumped out of the car and got her out from under the car and turned her over and started to do CPR. Harold comes over yelling at them to stop, basically interrupts the life-saving help that they were offering. Um, Lynn started turning blue, and they were ripping their jackets off trying to keep her warm. Patricia notices Harold had had on a really nice jacket. But wasn't worried about how cold Lynn was. Well, they're trying to take off their jackets and get her warm and give her CPR. And he's just, like, holding them off until... Yeah, so this is three witnesses we're talking about right here that we're mentioning. Um, Then the sirens arrived and Harold started to panic. He should have been relieved um, that help was coming for his They said he looked more scared and worried than happy to see the ambulance come from around the corner. Yeah, it just... It's kind of... Yeah, kind of crazy. Um, so the investigators decided to reenact the accident, according to Harold. They got a replica Jeep. It was the same year model, too, I believe, from what I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, they jacked it up on a boat jack. They removed the tire and walked to the back and threw a tire in multiple times. And they even tried it in different ways. I mean, they even, like, she even put her leg, that the detective that you were talking about, a special agent that, that was so great, she was trying to force it in she was trying to push with her foot she was shaking the back of the car trying to get the car to yeah. get knocked off the jack and it wouldn't budge it was really hard i mean they were it was hard they couldn't get it off they couldn't slide it off um so they looked over everything um and they could never get it to fall on the mannequin the scene where it happened the la- they so they looked over all the evidence yeah, they went so they, to the scene where it happened, the layout of the land, the bottle jacks, the lug nuts, the the gravel where the lug nuts were found was on a, a uphill grade. Like they don't roll uphill, yeah. so they had to have been like thrown underneath of the car, staged. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only way the jack um, falls and the wheel falls on her back is through a manual release of the jack. So basically, she was under there and yeah. had to release well, the jack and. It was brought up like in her autopsy. We were just talking about like her hands. She was on her stomach. And so the jack came down in the middle of her back and probably crushing her lungs and, and all that stuff. But under her fingernails and her hands were not scuffed up. There was no dirt. There was no cuts. There was nothing like she even struggled or attempted to move after the jack fell on her back. So she had to have been either unconscious somehow, whether it was sedation for medication or something and put underneath there because if something falls on your back like that you're going to right he said she screamed but if she screamed she would have been moving her arms around yeah and i guess the autopsy really didn't show i mean they it was in 95 right so they didn't really have because they they didn't think about it being foul play they probably didn't check for drugs in her system and things like that Mm. so 
Um, Harold claims that he did not kill either of his wives. However, a few months before Lynn's accident, he had purchased life insurance for $150,000 with a writer that if she lost her life due to an accident, it doubled the payout to $300,000. Wow. Well, that makes it a little bit interesting. Yes, it does. So after the investigation or the examination was redone over the death certificate, um, it was changed from an accidental to undetermined. I wonder if that means you have to pay the money back. Yeah, I don't know. Because her family so. sued for sue the insurance company for like wrongful payout or yeah or something like that, and he would have to pay it back. I don't know. That's very interesting. Uh, after Lynn's death, he joins ChristianMatch.com. I'm sure that doesn't exist anymore. Or there's that, there's like several it, Christian yeah. mingle or basically or something like that, and he begins for, to search for wife number two. And the woman that had gone out with him described as being too concerned with their finances and how they own their houses. So there was a woman that... Um, well, there were several before, like ah. after Liam, before Tony, and they caught up with those women who had met with him online and, and went on dates with him. And they, I mean, he even drove a lady out to the park, Estes Park, and told her, like, I could kill you right now here and no one would find you till spring. Wow. And then she was like, um, never contact me again. Yeah. <laughs> Please go creepy. away. Yeah. And um, he pushed one lady up against the wall. They had an argument with something. Like, all these women were like, nope, after the first date, nope, 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 nope. And um, until he found Tony. And when did he find Tony? What was the date of that again? Do we remember? Um, I don't know what year they, but he flew out. They talked online and they flew out to um, where she lives. No, no, it was 2001, I believe, because Haley was born in 2005. Okay. And the, was it 2012 that their 12 year anniversary was? Right. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but they, I guess they had been talking online and he decides to fly out to meet her for New Year's. But then that same weekend they're engaged. And by nine months later, they're already married. Yeah. That's, that same weekend, yeah, that's a little bit. And there could be a, a third victim in the works, so we're going to plan to talk about that next week. Yes, we didn't have a break. <laughs> no, well, so we need to we'll, we need to follow up about that. Um, yeah, so we have some announcements we'll talk about in just a second. Yes, we'll be back. break and let the record show Shannon was right yeah so her brain might actually be recovering yes I had a concussion for those out there who didn't yeah know if that. you had yes. called back up and you know me and Melissa enjoy doing this we're thankful you listen to us and we just and just share with everyone you know yes. share the love we just relax when we do this and just enjoy having fun so we hope you enjoy listening but she is going to tell you how I was right Yes, she was right. right. So it was Tony, the first wife, who had an incident happen that was questionable. Um, She was actually outside of a cabin, and Harold asked Tony to help her clean up some stuff outside. And so they had, like, this raised deck, this porch, and she was underneath of it doing something, picking up sticks, leaves, whatever he asked her to do. And something hit her in the back of her neck, and it knocked her to the ground. And she, you know, was in pain, and they had to um, call an ambulance to the ER. And so for a time, she wondered if she would ever be able to perform another surgery because she was a surgeon. So it was messing up her nerves and her her arms. And um, it was a piece of lumber that Harold said fell off the porch. 
And of course, her mother has suspicions that that wasn't an accident. Like if she had not moved or either moved a little bit over, it would have hit her in the head and probably would have knocked her out, probably would have killed her. Well, and so here's the other thing. It was late at night. Yep, late at night. And he's asking Freak her, accident. Well, yeah, but he, he says, go out and clean the debris, the debris. He wanted her to help him clean the debris. Yeah. So she's actually down there cleaning the debris, and he's not. And he's on the top of the deck with a log about to throw at her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just fishy all the way around. So, yeah. So, Mom, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. And then we switched out about how the mom had the suspicion that it was um, him all along and when she finally got her alone because you know he had already isolated her from most of her family she told her that it wasn't an accident yeah and then you know then the car accident happened so the second wife lynn yeah and then the cliff so i guess if he couldn't throw a, a rock or a oh yeah hit her in the right. head he just would throw her to go yes. hit herself and he head. planned and we're going to talk about that more in the week ahead next week Yes, about the um, third victim and then the consequences that caught up with them to the whole shebang. So, but yeah, if you, if you're going to, I mean. And that was from Rolling Stone that we found our information from just a second ago. Yes, we looked that up during break. So, I'll tag that. So, if you're going to go online, and some of you may have met your special um, other online, just be careful. Um, especially now that we have the internet, you can find out a lot of things, make sure you're being safe with whoever you're with. If they start isolating you, um, controlling yes. everything, those are red flags and you need to be aware of them. And, um, cause a lot of people end up in a lot of domestic violence situations. And so just be safe. Um, yeah. Thoughts. It's hard to do nowadays. <laughs> I know. It's just, I don't, cause people are not honest. People. No, I don't like online. Because I'm an old school person. Yeah, so conversation. old time crime gal <laughs> over here. I'm actually just, I'm into the old timey stuff. So I don't know. Just find out about them. Find out who their friends are. And yeah, just be safe. That's the big thing. Yeah. So, but, um, Thanks for listening this week. And so next week, we, like I said, we'll continue up with part three. And in the conclusion, I don't think we'll do four parts, but we can tie it in, into one um, about his third victim and what happened. And then coming up, we'll have a fin season finale because we are getting into the holidays and it's a busy time for all of us. And we're just going to have to get ready for season two. Yes. So. Not sure what our last episode will be about. We just talked about that. Um, we will figure it out. Yeah. Stay tuned and be surprised. Yeah, I like surprises. <laughs> so. It might be one you've never heard of. I like surprising you with those stories. Yes. So, but please join us again next week. Yep. Just remember. Oh, that's your cue. That's my cue. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Do the crime and it'll catch up with you in time. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Have a great week. <laughs>